This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. This is Adam Gold. And uh, not a lot going on in Kane's country, but we do have some things to talk about. Uh, and we will be joined by Corey Lavalette, North State Journal, somebody I have referred to as the Mike Mayock of Hurricanes reporters. Corey knows talent. Corey, actually, I think the last time I talked to Corey, it was before the draft, and Corey had, like, uh, or is, actually, it was d- the night of the draft, and Corey had his own draft guide. He has his own big board. Uh, he is that guy, uh, and I love Corey for it. Uh, he also knows the uh, the inner workings, the mechanisms of the NHL, uh, waivers, cap things that I don't understand because I'm not that bright, and Corey is. So we'll talk to Corey. Uh, we'll also have Alec Campbell, my normal partner in crime, Stormwatch Aftermath host, Kane's, uh, you know, between periods guy. Uh, also, uh, not only my friend, but somebody works with me every day uh, on the day job on the Adam Gold Show, noon to three, Monday through Friday, 99.9 The Fan, or anywhere in the state of North Carolina along the North Carolina News Network, don't you know? Anyway, um, we're going to cover a lot of the things going on uh, around the league in terms of return to play, uh, what it may look like, um, and what are the issues involved. We'll talk about the team. Uh, is this team right now constructed as uh, a surefire playoff team, make noise in the postseason, blah, blah, blah. And we'll also uh, answer a couple of questions at the end of all of this. Uh, so, with that said, this is the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold, Corey Lavalette, and Alec Campbell. Coming up. We've got Corey Lavalette, North State Journal, Alec Campbell, my man, Stormwatch, Aftermath, uh, and my partner in crime, uh, noon to three, Monday through Friday. And uh, when I take one of my many vacation days, he does the show. Uh, and, all right, let's find out what everybody's drinking. Alec, what do you have? Uh, this is the Liberté Cabernet from Paso Robles, nine ninety nine at Trader Joe's. <laughs> nice, nice, very nice. You told me that before, and I still laughed. I laughed again. Uh, that's it's how good. awesome it's, that is. It's solid. It's old faithful. It's uh, it's one of the the go tos for the wife and I. It has been for a long time. All right, Corey, you got the uh, Mango Tango Foxtrot. Very nice. So that's, that's that's what's on right now. Shouts to nice. uh, Deep River and Clayton. Uh, I am I, I am unprepared. I, I'm drinking nothing, but I'm I'm also uh, outside, and it's 41 degrees. So if I was going to drink anything, it would be uh, coffee with a shot of Bailey's in it or something, uh, because that's what we do. So, do we have Do we have cicadas in the background? Do I'm we have, sure. Uh, I'm sure there cicadas? are cicadas. It might be too cold for cicadas. Do cicadas go like? Hibernate? It's literally it's going to be twenty eight degrees up here tonight. I mean, I think that's what that's what they do, right? Like thirteen years, and then they come back. Do they? I have no. It. I thought those were the uh, you know the swallows come home to uh, Capistrano or something Mm. like that. (laughs) I'm not sure. 
Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk a little hockey here on the Canes Corner podcast. And I was thinking as I was making notes for this, where do we start? Well, how about when will we start? Uh, any thoughts on that, Corey? When will we start? Well, I mean, it sounds like they're you know, it, from what I understand, the NBA has kind of pushed things a little bit and maybe made the NHL open their eyes to starting as soon as they can. So, you know, I think. What, everything I think most people have heard is that January 1st was the plan, but maybe January 15th was more realistic. And that maybe now with the kind of pressure of the NBA starting up, maybe January 1st is better. But uh, it's it's so much is up in the air, especially with the way things are seem to be headed right now. Um, mm. You know, I, it's so hard to tell. Any thoughts on that, Alec? I mean, I don't have much to add other than, I mean, we don't, it just feels like we don't really know a whole lot. It is weird right now. I was thinking about this today that like, I mean, we'd already be a month into the season right now. Yeah. If it were, you know, if it were regular season More. and we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're halfway through November and you know, we're going to have Jordan Martinuk on the show tomorrow. And <clears throat> I just found myself wondering like, what's it like being a player right now? Who's so used to being in the thrust of a season, the early parts of the season right now, you know, how weird is it for them? But man, so much is, is, is up in the air. As Corey said, I mean, I, I don't imagine anything will happen until the first of the year. I feel like that just makes sense. It's like a, it's, it's sort of a, a, a good line of demarcation. You start the new year, and then you then you can start the season. But, man, we don't even know, you know, are they going to play in home arenas? Are they going to have a bunch of different bubbles? Are they going to have... We have a lot you know, of things how, to hash out how, here. How are they, how are they even yeah. going to execute the season? I mean, it's just... It's, it's, it's wild right now. I'm going to bring up something here. Uh, and as Corey, uh, you pointed out, the, uh, the NBA may be pushing the NHL a little bit. I know it's sort of a joke that the NBA or rather the NHL is sort of the NBA's shadow. Uh, they There was a moment of leadership by the N- NHL when I, because I thought that they took the lead in the return to play. They announced uh, long, you know, th- they were ahead of the NBA. And, and frankly, um, everybody gave the NBA uh, tons of credit, which they deserved. Uh, but the N- I think the NHL just did it. Uh, I think they did it right, and I think they didn't never get is within the hockey circles. People gave the NHL credit, but outside, everybody was like, "Oh man, the NBA did a great job." I'm like, "Wait a second, <laughs> the the NHL tested everybody every day for basically three months and had zero, zero positive tests." All right. Um, but they also didn't have anybody go to a strip club to get chicken or anything. <laughs> yeah, but the chicken wings are good. Hey, that's a that's a well known strip club with great food. That's, that's a well known strip club food. Yeah. By the way, yeah, it you... is. I mean, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, he talked about having parties catered in the that, past from that place. Was that Lou Williams? Guy has, guy has his own wings named yeah. after him. It's Lou Williams, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The place I, is legit. So yeah, Magic City's got great wings. Don't. Yeah. Uh, I, I understand what Kendrick Perkins said. You don't necessarily yeah. go for the wings. Uh, you go for the breast, but I get all that. Or um, the thighs. Uh, the thighs. Did, did, uh, <laughs> did you guys read Emily Kaplan and Greg Wyshynski's piece about what they did, uh, like, you know, 
a lot of people brought edibles uh, up inside yeah, the bubble, yeah. which I'm not endorsing edibles. Excuse me. I loved that piece was great. Yeah, it was. I think the NHL did a great job. Like I think that the visuals from home were maybe the best of any yeah. league we've seen so far. I mean, the way the, the games felt just like they normally do, at least to the viewer the on television to me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was tremendous. The way baseball didn't do as good a job. I don't think football's, I mean, I don't know how they would pull it off in football, but they're not doing as good a job, but they did a great job for the television viewer. All right. Let me, let me, uh, let me bring this in um, because the NBA did announce a, a return uh, and they're going to start December 22nd. I do agree. I think the NHL is going to start, maybe not January 1, but early in January, uh, earlier maybe than they would have liked. And I think we're. this will tell us, I think, in a way, how this is all going to be structured. Uh, the NBA recognizes that the Toronto Raptors cannot play in Toronto, not because they can't play in Toronto, but because they will have nobody to play. Uh, this, the nation of Canada will not allow teams from the United States to just freely cross the border. I mean, you could come across the border, but then you got to sit in your hotel room for 14 days. So that is just not going to fly. We have seven teams based in Canada in the NHL. I can't imagine that we're going to start a season without those seven teams in their own division. Uh, and then the remaining, do the math for 24 teams, uh, will be divided into three divisions of eight. Uh, so the, I think one of the, I mean, that kind of has to be the way, right? I mean, that yeah. doesn't that just make sense. So yeah. uh, are the, uh, we, we can have every team along the Atlantic coast is in one division. Although, you know, we'll say Tampa's in the Gulf. We'll put Tampa back and let them stay in the Atlantic which means that if you did that, Philadelphia would probably have to travel with Pittsburgh and go uh, to whatever that division would be called, the Central. But uh, they're probably going to have to do something like that, separate it, and then maybe you just play in your division. I don't know. I mean, there's really no good way to do it. Uh, but the border, and with so many teams in Canada, really puts the NHL in a difficult spot. I would love to see them do something where you know, geographically, maybe teams that didn't, uh, that weren't together before can kind of get back together. It would be neat to see, you know, Detroit and Minnesota in a division together or Nashville and Carolina in a division together. But, you know, ones that are geographically close that only get to see each other every so often. I think that would be cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, every, it's, it's almost as crazy as, as the last return to play. Like, how are you going to make all this work? And, you know, what, what cities and states can you trust to do the right thing? I mean, it's uh, the whole thing is bizarre. What cities and states are even going to allow it? You know, who's who's to say North Carolina wants a bunch of people showing up and <laughs> right. for yeah. you know? So uh, it's. I mean, I, there's no easy answers, which is why you know I you know just came out today that there you know there's been some players put on a committee, and I guess Ryan Dezingle is part of that. Yeah. Um, and a couple other former Hurricanes, Ron Hainsey and, and Justin Falk, I saw where I'm there. And uh, there's a Biega in there and a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> a um, Biega. Uh, Falk, a Biega Falk was the Hurricanes player rep before he was traded. I don't know. I mean, he might be St. Louis's player rep. 
Ryan Dezingle has taken over that spot from Jordan Martinook for whatever that's worth. I'm not, I'm not like opining on that. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not offering a uh, an editorial on uh, Dezingle taking over from Martinook. I think it's, I think it's funny because like, you know, we went through all this rigmarole with the bubble situation, and for a while there, it felt like we just had it figured out, and we didn't even really think about the next season. We were so focused on getting the playoffs done and the playoffs were awesome. And then suddenly the playoffs ended and here we are where we're supposed to be in the middle of the season. We're like, man, this is even more difficult than the playoffs were trying to figure this out because this you is, have to get a whole season in. This is way more. This is not, it's not even yeah. close. It's yeah, way I more difficult. I remember being mad that they put two days off in between the Hurricane in the Hurricanes Boston series two years ago. Not that I mind walking around Boston, but right. after a while, there's nothing to do for two straight days. <laughs> and I, I, I was mad about the logistics of that. I can't imagine trying to figure this out. I, you know what? I never thought about because uh, I figured out something to do in Boston. I don't remember what it was, uh, but I was just mad because uh, it was the first time I'd ever missed one of my son's soccer games uh, because he played in a tournament that if they had played the game. Uh, if they had played back to back, I could have come back, uh, but they didn't, and that's fine. Um, that was- you were you were arguing with other sports radio hosts. That's what you were doing. Gosh, those people, <laughs> just the dumbest. Just I was I was just sticking up for Chip you, Alexander. You were doing real doing. sports talk radio, is what you were doing. God, those people are they are hardcore. I could not live <laughs> like that. There is no way I could take all of that stuff uh, so seriously. Uh, thoughts on fans. In stands, I, I, I saw, uh, I don't know if you read the article, uh, the owner of the Golden State Warriors, and I, his name escapes me, and I apologize, I probably should know that, uh, has a plan to come back, I think it's at 50% attendance, uh, and it involves testing everybody as they come into the arena. They're willing to spend, the Warriors are willing to spend $30 million just on testing fans coming back into the arena, into their new arena in San Francisco. Um, what are your thoughts, and I'll start with you, Alec, on uh, fans in seats in NHL arenas? Um, I, I kind of vacillate back and forth about this only because now we've seen <laughs> – we've seen fans at games in different capacities. We really, I guess we really haven't seen any fans at games in indoor arenas, which brings a whole different element to the situation. But I feel like they, sh- I mean, I don't know about testing everyone on the way in, man. It just doesn't seem like that's that feasible. Well, the although- warriors say, uh, that it will only take 15 minutes to get that test back. <laughs> well, what, what happens if you're? What happens if you test and the person that was in front of you in line tested positive? Yeah, you know, like, or it would be worse, the guy behind you. You know, yeah, like how many people now have to sit out? Right. Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't see how that's going to work. Um, Could you imagine waiting for 15 a, minutes to go like, into the arena? If there was a way to do it safe like safely and uh easily and so that people could be socially distanced in the arena then you could do it i suppose but then 
you know, what's the, what's the line where, because I know a lot of these owners, it's going to cost them more money to have only a half full arena than it is to, you know, have no one at all. So I don't know, like, and also you have to worry about people doing the right thing as always, right? Like once they're not sitting in their seats, social distance, what are they doing outside of that? Right. Are they walking the concourse? Are they, you know, how, how do they, how do you go to the bathroom? You know, are you, you don't, you hold it, you I hold mean, it until you get home. <laughs> like, How does all that work? So, I mean, listen, like, I, I feel like I've been pretty, like I'm, I'm the person who doesn't go anywhere, who doesn't do anything, who runs away from COVID-19 and thinks that we really shouldn't be doing any of these things, but we are. So I'm trying to be open-minded about it, but it doesn't seem like a real smart idea to do. Yeah. In indoor fans, Corey, you, uh, you down with indoor fans. Are you going to cover a game, uh, with, uh, with COVID, uh, coming up from section three twenty nine or whatever section is below, uh, press row at uh, PNC arena. Yeah. I mean, I know the way the barbecue nachos waft up. So who's to say, <laughs> is there like a correlation between the distance so that COVID can travel and the scent of barbecue nachos? Um, I don't know. I, you know, one of the things that strikes me about this whole thing, and I've seen it with college football, is who gets to go? Like, you know, sports attendance is already, in a way, kind of a haves and have-nots, especially in oh, some yeah. of the bigger, bigger cities. So what happens in a place like Toronto, where half the lower bowl, more than half the lower bowl seats are already corporate-owned and empty half the time? You know, how, right. how is all that going to work? And, you know, are you going to, you know, maybe in Carolina, you know, in Raleigh, it works out okay to let, you know, hey, some games, you 300 level people get to come and sit and maybe you get to sit in the 100 level and, and all that jazz. But I just wonder, how does it work in other cities where there's, you know, constant sellouts and, you know, the ticket prices are sky high? Are you going to, you know, are you going to price out anybody? You know, are you only going to be able to have people there who maybe are only there as part of their corporate plan. You know, yeah. it's just, uh, you know, to me, it's, I, there's so much about that. That just doesn't, it doesn't feel right from an atmosphere point of view for me. Isn't it, like, isn't it basically, I mean, the governor just, the governor of North Carolina, Roy Cooper, basically just limited indoor gatherings, what, to 10 people. Did they just mm-hmm. they go back to 10 people or, yeah. uh, you know, other states are doing the same thing. So I know in Michigan, uh, indoor gatherings, no more than 10 people. Last I checked, hockey played indoors. And by the way, this excludes the players. So right. for, uh, for winter sports, so like college basketball is about to start, uh, it doesn't include the players and the referees and the other game personnel that have to be there. Uh, but... I mean, if we're doing that, I mean, then there there will be no fans. Um, And my conversations with Tom Dundon uh, about, you know, what they could live with, uh, basically the number, I think the baseline number is like 30% before every time they open the door, they lose money. And it was cool that they actually, I mean, they lost money... wasn't like they lost a lot of money last year. What they did was they lost the opportunity to make more money 
because there were no, were no home playoff games. Uh, it still cost everybody a, a bunch of money to go up to Toronto uh, for, what, three weeks. Um, but they lost the opportunity to make money. They got in about 80% of the regular season. But yeah. the way it looks right now, I just don't foresee at any point next year, this year, whatever it's called, I don't see at any point where we're going to have more than a couple of thousand people allowed to come to the arena, which means they're going to take a total bath this right. year. And uh, the amount of of damage, financial damage that is going to be done by this season coming up is way more damaging than what we just experienced. I don't know how they're going to deal with it. And Corey, I saw you tweeting earlier about the uh, you know players and uh, prorated or whatever you were talking about because Sebastian Ajo gets a lot of bonus money. Um, um, the players are going to feel this pain too, and I know they don't want to. Right. So they're already getting, you know, there's already a proration and there's already a bigger um, escrow. escrow for the next couple seasons. Are you rubbing your temples because this hurts already? It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And now there's talk that, that, that the NHL has asked them to, I guess, uh, I would say that I read li- what Larry Brooks tweeted, but Larry Brooks has blocked me. Um, so, <laughs> from what I understand, <laughs> That's From what awesome. I understand, I think there was one time where he said something about the hurricanes and I like, well, actually him, I was like, well, actually this is the real thing. I got the block. Um, wow. But uh, from what I understand, the league now, instead of saying, we want you to take, um, uh, and you know, I said prorated and that was incorrect. The, a rollback where they will get that money uh-huh. in the future. And that now the league has asked for another 13%, which means they'll be made whole in the end, which I think, you know, if, if you're making 5 million a year, 13%, you know, and then another 20% or whatever, it's still, it's, it stings, especially when you have taxes and you have, you know, other people that you're paying and and all that stuff. Um, and it hurts for the guys who are on the lower end for sure. Um, but I mean, that, that money's got to come from somewhere and, you're basically either saying, do you want the billionaires to, you know, lose money or do you want the billionaires to lose money? <laughs> and, uh, I vote know, for billionaires. Problem. Well, this is what baseball should have done. Right, baseball, <laughs> they were being so, such idiots about it. And I, I mean, I understand the financial hardships, but probably the easiest way to go about it is to be like, cool, we'll take, we'll, we'll take the cut right now, but hit us on the back end. Right. Well, the problem with baseball, I mean, the problem with billionaires is the billionaires are going to be like, well, yeah, I lost uh, for $14 million this year. You know who's going to pay for that? It's going to be in ticket prices and it's going to be in right. prices and it eventually all, you know, goes back that way. And maybe it all goes back that way anyway, because the, the owners will have to eat money if the players are eventually getting it anyhow. But um, yeah, on top of the logistics of just how do you play this season? you know, how do people get paid? You know, we saw, I mean, I have no idea how much the lightning made on merchandise for winning a Stanley cup, not as much as they would have won if they had people, you know, buying t-shirts as they're walking out of game seven or game six. But, um, but I'm sure they still made money off of winning the Stanley cup and they're laying 30 people, you know, 30 full-time staff. off. And, you know, it's so hard to know how, 
where the breaking point is on all that stuff. Because you think even if somebody's making a hundred thousand dollars, if you lay off thirty people, it's it's not that much money in the grand scheme of sports things, you know? Right. <laughs> so uh, it's it's really hard to really hard to throw all this stuff together and know where people's breaking points are on money. Then you can't yeah. you can't make up for it by selling uh, you know uh, two hundred and fifty. Uh, gray whaler sweaters. Those are sweet, by the way. <laughs> Adam, can I just add too that sure. like we're not even supposed to be meeting up with our family for Thanksgiving, right? How the hell are we going to be putting people in an arena I'm, to watch hockey games? I'm with you. And, I don't. I, and, I'm not going. It, it it also like in some ways blows my mind, and I'm not. I admit I am not the guy. Like, but when I look at a football game. And I go, these people just had to be there, yeah. didn't they? Like, they could watch the game at home on their television and probably have a better experience. Um, I mean, that's the way that I look at it. But they just have to be there for whatever reason. I, I, I don't understand that, but whatever. It's not for me. I, I think that uh, I thought that even before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I mean – uh, to, there are certain sports where, why do you go? And to me, NFL football is one of those sports. I'm like, why? The experience at home is a hundred yeah. times better than the experience and, at a and, stadium. I mean, and live hockey is amazing, yeah. right? I mean, it's, it's, it's great live. But still, it's like, is it worth, you know, putting yourself Killing at risk and, and other people at risk yeah. just so you can see a hockey game live when you can watch the thing on television? Cora, do you remember Dancing Granny? I do. You think Dancing Granny would brave the pandemic to come out to a game? I don't know. I probably, (laughs) she probably would. I Uh, I think it's the same as the nachos. If you dance fast enough, you shoot the air off of you (laughs) and keep the COVID away. (laughs) This guy, we should have a COVID repellent or something they could sell at games. Uh, Because, I mean, if it says COVID repellent on it, who wouldn't believe that? A million of those little fans, those little oh, fans perfect. in a suit. Wait a second. Like that, like that Pink Floyd cover with the light bulbs. That's it. You <laughs> figured it out, Corey. All right, Corey, Corey Lavalette, North State Journal, Alec Campbell uh, from uh, 99.9 The Fan and Hurricanes. From the nursery. And guy, the nursery. Guy I know. Guy I know, friend of mine, all of that. Man who gave up golf so uh, uh, so he could be a dad. So I could have a kid. Uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, real, real quick uh, about this, because uh, I was texting with a uh, our friend, uh, John Forslund of NBC Sports. Uh, who's actually going to come up a little bit later on in this, uh, uh, toward the end of our podcast here. And I want to get to the team in a second. Uh, but I was wondering, uh, I guess it was allowed on Twitter, uh, what the uh, the return could be. And, or maybe it was just in a text with John, I don't know. Um, but I kind of think that the one of the ways to recoup some money will be to expand the playoffs again. That there's got to be something, you know, some financial benefit to that. Uh, so why wouldn't they just say, hey, we're only going to play 56 regular season games because that's a reality. If they want to be done by the middle of July, uh, they ain't playing any more than 56 games. 
You're just not. You can't play more than four games a week. And if you played for 16 weeks, even if you took a few days off and you played 17 weeks, you ain't playing more than 56 games. Just not going to happen. Um, but the maybe they just expand the playoffs. D- do the same format we just did, uh, where we do um, you know top four in each conference, uh, or I don't know, maybe t- t- top two in each division. Uh, you advance, and then the four teams below you play in. Uh, and then you go from there. And I do think that we're going to be playing completely in divisions or conferences, however you want to call it, uh, this year. I think you can, we're going to be doing that. Um, but I know Gary Bettman doesn't want to expand the playoffs, but I just don't think they're going to have any choice. And, I mean, I guess it comes down to by the time the playoffs roll around, can you have fans in the stands again? You know, if if you can't, then, I mean, I I don't know that the TV deal really makes enough sense to – to do it that way. I don't know. Um, Sell it all to Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know they've got the new deal coming up. So, I mean, that's a, that's a big part of it. But, Amazon yeah. can have the qualifying series uh, with the, uh, with the ducks and the, and the sharks. I don't know. Um, what is Bet- What is Batman's opposition to expanded playoffs? He's a traditionalist. I don't know. That's I mean, it. he's never liked it. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of expanded playoffs. I like what the NBA is doing. Uh, which is a, which uh, is a, amounts to, I believe, just three more games, not the total in each conference. Seven plays eight, nine plays ten. Uh, the loser of seven eight plays the winner of nine ten, and those you know, and now you have your two the two teams that won go. End of story. That um, wouldn't take very long. It would take two days to do something like that. Uh, so, I would I'm a fan of that in a normal NHL season. Uh, but this is not going to be a normal NHL season. All right, I don't want to. I don't want to do this for an hour because uh, Corey, you have other things to do. We have a family. Uh, Alec has diapers to change. When was the last diaper you changed? Uh, I changed one this morning when I got up. Yeah, it's been a while, actually. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Look, that this question has been this, asked of me. This time it was trips. Okay, yeah. <laughs> very good. Uh, all right, the uh, the Hurricanes roster. Um, and I'm just kind of, I'm going to run through this just f- very fast. Uh, and if there's anything that you guys, that jumps out at you guys, let me know. Andre and the Finns, Vinny, Nino, uh, Nikash, or whatever we're calling them these days. <laughs> uh, Stahl, Dezingle, Fast, uh, Martinuk, McGinn, and Fogel. Those are your forwards. Slavin, Dougie, Pesci, Shea. Uh, combination of Gardner, Flurry. I assume Jake Bean. Uh, and then the goaltending trio. Uh, Alec, thoughts on that group? So my my overarching thought on all of it is that you're just kind of bringing the same group back for the most part. Run it back. And that's ultimately, I guess, my biggest complaint. And I understand, you know, some of the, money situations that the hurricanes are in or whatever, but I, and I like the group. I, I like in terms of likable humans and guys who work hard and guys who I think have, you know, I, I think there's an upside to the team if they can harness it and find it for a, a long enough time and a consistent enough level. Even even with the goaltenders, like you know, I, I I like to think that 
a guy like Peter Morozik can can string it together a little bit better. Um, and I know that you know we've seen a lot of Peter Morozik's career at this point, so maybe he just is what he is. But I I just kind of. I don't know, like, you know, people say, you know, the, the definition of, ins- I hate this saying, the definition of insanity <laughs> is doing the same thing over again, expecting different results. First of all, it's not the definition. Right. And it, uh, and actually, uh, who was it? Einstein or whoever is yeah. supposed to have said that never said it. Yeah. It's a stupid, it's a stupid saying, but I said it anyway. But like, I don't, I don't know why we are, we are, we are, you know, potentially expecting more from this team when it's essentially bringing back the same group of guys. Um, I don't know. Maybe that there, maybe there's still development to be had for, you know, Sebastian Ajo. There's another level for him to get to. I, I, I think there is, um, you know, Svechnikov obviously continues to get better. He was, you know, significantly better last year than he was the year before. Um, you know, so I, and there are others on the team as well. Natchez or Nikash whatever we're calling him. Like, I, I, I liked his game. I mean, can, you know, relative to where he is in his NHL, NHL career and, and the journey that he's been on. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, how great he'll be, but I still think there's a place for him to get to. So maybe they're just banking on a lot of these people to be better. Dougie Hamilton, you know, assuming he has a fully healthy season, yeah. you know, maybe that helps them a little bit more. But I still think we're looking at a team that lacks a a certain you know sandpaperish style, um, and that that's sort of my overarching uh, feeling about what they needed the most. I mean, they have the scoring ability, they've got the defensive core, um, the goaltending. You know, if it if it does remain sort of league average goaltending, well, they can they can they can hang in some of these you know pond hockey games with with the forwards they have. And if Dougie Hamilton stays, you know, healthy for an entire season. Um, but they lack the the grit and the sort of being hard to play against element that I think is necessary. Um, and so essentially in the end, you're, you're running back almost the same group of dudes. And that's what worries me the most. Corey, got a uh, thoughts on, uh, on this group? Well, you know, I'll parrot Alec a little bit. I think there's growth to be had with some guys. I think there's still um, some untapped offensive potential on defense that mm. we could see. I think Jacob Slavin has a step to take still. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously getting Dougie back healthy, getting Pesci back healthy are, are big things, and um, those will be big. Uh, Natchez, I think, is going to be a star player, maybe not a superstar, but I think he's got a chance to be a 25-goal guy year after year. What about Nikash? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Martin. Um, my, my favorite thing about him still is his little gold chain with the hockey stick. It just, <laughs> Wait like, a my, second. Are you serious? Favorite. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, All right, I got to check like, this out. If I ever, I love it. If we're ever allowed back in the locker room again, I'm going to right. uh, look at his chest. Um, <laughs> and I... I I just don't think you're going to have guys like Nino and Dzingle, um, if they're, if they're playing, having the kind of seasons they had, you know, I think, you know, you're going to see hopefully some progression there instead of regression, Right. but you're asking for things to go right in a way, like what Alex is saying, you're, you, 
you know, we're talking about, oh, Dougie's going to be healthy and Pesci's going to be healthy. Well, what if Sabo Terabining gets hurt? What if Sebastian Sebastian, gets gets hurt? You know, what if Svechnikov gets hurt in the playoffs for the second straight year? You know, that'll never happen. Third straight year. He got knocked out the first one. Third straight year, right. Um, (laughs) You know, we're acting like that hasn't happened already. Um, So there's a lot to... You know, a lot has to go right, but that's kind of how winning in the NHL goes, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but here's the thing, and this is what I get to, is are they good enough? Are they good enough to overcome a major injury? Um, and the and look, I'm not, and this is my overall issue with the club. Um, Tampa won the Stanley Cup with nothing. From Steven Stamkos. Yeah, one goal. <laughs> right, right. Uh, as a fourth liner, right? In the one game that he played. He played had, like five minutes in that game. He had he a, goal, a goal, right. It was gone. Yeah. Right. There's like, hi, I'm here. I, I, I used to be really great. Uh, here's a goal. Now I'm leaving again. See you later. Um, Come out, limp out there, hit your jump shot, and walk back down the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. he, he Willis readed it, right? Yep. The Hurricanes just, they don't have that kind of depth. Um, and they cannot, they can't survive an injury to, you know, it doesn't even have to be an Ajo. Uh, I don't know that they have the depth to survive, uh, even an injury, Svech again, Teravainen, um, Natchez, hell, Dougie. They were a completely different offensive team without Hamilton. Um, well, I mean, think, think about it this way too, Adam. I mean, uh, we talk about the grit factor, the thump factor, all that kind of stuff. I mean, when a guy like Jordan Martinook goes out, uh, you know, he's not a right. offensive juggernaut, but he brings an element to their team game and the, sort of the, the attitude of the team that goes away when he's not in there. So not only are you already lacking it, anything that you do have in that department goes away as well. Yeah. I, and, go ahead. Finish. Sorry. Well, I mean, I was just going to add that he's also, you know, where's a letter? Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a, he, 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 he's a leader for them. The, uh, I look at this team and I think it, it's a good team, but I, I still look at them as being in the six to 10 range in the Eastern conference. And if you're in that range, you need things to go right. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about it. Um, I don't look at Vincent Trocek as a bona fide number two center any longer. I know I know the points he put up for Florida for, what, three years or two years. Um, and if I knew that was coming back, then okay. But I don't know that's coming back. I don't know that Nino is going to be... Uh, you know, on a 55-point pace for this team. I think Nino will be better. I think, I don't know about Dezingle, to be per- perfectly honest. I don't know if Ryan, and I like Ryan personally a ton. Uh, I don't know if the way Ryan plays is conducive to being successful the way the Hurricanes want Ryan to play. Um, and while there's personal growth for Natchez and Aho and Svechnikov should get a little bit better, and maybe Fogel will be more consistent, um, I'm not... I still don't know that they're significantly better than hell. The change, the the changes Buffalo made. Uh, Buffalo, Buffalo put a lot of 
uh, a lot of money into this upcoming season. I'm not saying that Buffalo is going to be better than Carolina, uh, but I think Buffalo put themselves in that mix. I think Montreal put themselves in that mix. Uh, and these teams either didn't make the playoffs or wouldn't have made the playoffs. Um, and I just think Carolina's kind of in that group. Are they better than those teams? Yeah, I think they're yeah. better than those teams, but I don't think it's so significant uh, that like they're not with... I, by, by the way, I put Pittsburgh in the same category as Carolina. I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are in the same category. They're in the 6-10 to 10 range in the conference. Uh, but, man, they're not Tampa. They're not Boston. Uh, they're not Washington. I yeah. think Washington is better. I think the Washington, Islanders. Yeah, yeah, the Islanders. Like, I, I think the Islanders are probably in the same group as Carolina, but I think they're a more solid version of what I think you know what you're going to get every single night with the Islanders. Right. I think the Hurricanes, I don't, I'm not sure what we're going to get well, a, every single well, night. There's a lot to be said for that, though. Oh, yeah. No, you know, no question. Like, understanding who you are and what your identity is and being disciplined enough night in and night out to stick with that identity. And a lot of, but they were trending to not make the playoffs at the time. Then they did and look where they went. Right. But at the time of the pause, they were trending the other way and the other way fast. Uh, So I don't know if they were going to make the players. They might've gotten the the pandemic, you know, in a strange way, might have helped them. And when you're in that six to 10 range, Adam, that's like maybe making the playoffs, maybe not. Right. That's what. That's what. And that's and that's really you know? my point. Like, I don't know that. I mean, they didn't get. I like Jesper Foss, by the way. I think he. You know, Alec, you were talking about mm-hmm. a guy. Who, they need somebody who plays a, a little bit of a harder game. Foss yeah. is a physical player, a great defensive player, uh, and frankly, played with Panarin uh, on Panarin's line last year. So he didn't produce a ton of points, but maybe he helped them produce a bunch of points. He plays the right side, so I'm not sure there's a fit with the the higher skill guys for Carolina, but Jesper Fast is a really good addition to the team. Um, I just don't know exactly where they're going to use him. Uh, and, I mean, unless they're going to separate Ajo and Taravainen, um, I just don't, I'm not sure what Fast is going to, where he's going to have the biggest impact. Have you thought about that at all, Corey? Yeah, I mean, to me, it seems like he's best maybe alongside Jordan Stahl on a third line. And you just dedicate that line to, you know, defensive zone, defensive zone draws and using those guys as penalty killers and things like that because neither of those guys are particularly finishers. Right. Um, so, you you know, where we were five years ago was Jordan Stahl was in that role, but he was playing 24 minutes a night. <laughs> and you're giving up half the game to break even, right. you know, a lot of nights. You know, I mean, we're not that far removed from Jordan Stahl, Andre Nestrashill, and, and Joachim Nordstrom. I love that line one. for one year. It was, it was great. For one I mean, year. There was, there was more uh, posts and, uh, you know, missed, missed open nets and... <laughs> I'm I'm gonna blow some sunshine here. Um, I don't I, I don't think this is the year. Like I just to me it, this isn't the year uh, that you go for it. But if you look at how things are stacked up with their cap situation, even with the flat cap, they have a lot of flexibility. Even if they extend Sveshnikov and they re-sign Dougie, you know they have a chance to go and. And after this season and change the goaltending mix 
Yeah. Uh, they, they think that's what they need to do. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to get out from underneath a few contracts of guys that are maybe overpaid for what their role is. Right. Um, I, there's something to say for character and Jordan Martinuk and Brock McGinn bring those things. Um, but are they, you can't have both of them, right? Are they, do you want to spend $4 million on those two guys and spend another 2.1 million on Warren Fogle? Um, you know, the, the Zingle thing, like you said, I don't, maybe, maybe he changes our minds this year, but I don't know. Um, but that's $3 million. You're going to get off your cap. All of the, all of that money essentially can go toward those extensions that you yeah. need to do. And then once those extensions are done, there's really not a whole lot to be done in the long term. You know, um, you'll have to pay Martin Natchez, you know, the, the year after, but you know, things are kind of locked in place. You're going to get out from under Nino. You're going to get out from under Trocheck. And I'm not saying they're burdens, but you'll, you know, those are guys who are making $10 million combined against the cap. We got and, two more years with those two. Right. After, right. after next year, I mean, you know, after in two years. So it's like you, the guys that they're shaving off their cap are the guys they need to shave off their cap. You know, it's your right. older guys. It's not like you have guys walking into free agency for the first time and you're losing them. Uh, it's guys that are going to be on that downslope. And the Jordan Stahl deal is obviously the one that's, you know, the one, uh, the one on the, on the slate that is like, well, you just got to live with it. And for all the, and I, I'm a defender of Jordan Stahl till the end of the earth. Cause I think he's does a whole lot more than yep. a stat, a stat sheet shows you. Um, could you imagine the tears in Rod Brindamore's eyes? Uh, if they decided to buy out Jordan Stahl or traded Jordan Stahl, Rod would be impossible. He yeah. would he would need a hug. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think there. I I think you know if you're a Hurricanes fan and you want to look at this, you say, well, we have a puncher's chance this year, right? If things go yes. our way, if Andre Sveshnikov becomes an absolute superstar, which I think. We're not far from that. Uh-huh, We're not far from him being a 45 goal guy, I don't think. Um, and you know, you talk about sandpaper, but he's he's mean on the ice. Uh-huh. He is. Now, oh yeah. Now you don't want him to be your mean guy. You don't want him to be your Michael Furland and end up, you know, with with problems um, down the road. But he can handle himself, Alec, so that's good. Alec, that's how many good. times did I tell you in our fir- the first year watching Svechnikov? Oh man, he's going to get in a fight. He's going to get in a fight. Oh, dude, <laughs> dude was so naive even in his rookie year. Like it's as if he didn't even know who some of these dudes were that he was going up against, which was awesome. Like, right? Yeah. But, like, but you know, Tom Wilson and be like, yeah. <laughs> but like, here's the thing about that is that like I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't when I look when I talk about that. Like to me, it's not necessarily about being a Michael Furland and being a being a fighter necessarily, but it's about being, you know, playing with a level of power to your game um, that, you know, and, and, and just a, a physical nature to your game um, that you have to have, you know? And like, he's, he is, he ain't scared, man. Like he, he drives the net as hard as anyone in the league does. Um, You know, he, he, he just plays with a, just and I mean that's that's what I think more guys need to have. And then when it comes to you know some of the other physical parts of the game, like you know you gotta be able to when guys go in the corner to dig a puck out, they gotta be expecting to take a lick. Yeah. And 
that doesn't happen enough, you know, with this team. Um, and, you know, like that's, it's not necessarily a knock because Jacob Slavin is a tremendous technical defender, right? I mean, he's probably got the best stick in the league, if we're being honest about it. Yeah. Um, so he gets it done more often than not, but there's just a, you know, Svech plays that, that type of, that type of game where he's just, just fearless and physical and skates hard and challenges people and, you know, you know, bores his way into the center of the ice, those types of things that aren't pervasive amongst the rest of the team. He's a boar bee. Well, uh, and I think he is, he is. He's a, he's a carpenter bee. He's beautiful. <laughs> and I think Trocek has that in him too. I he's agree not, with you. He's not the biggest guy, but he's definitely a take no crap guy. And I think, you know, maybe over the course of a season, we'll, we'll all have a better understanding of that. And there are times where Jordan Stahl, I mean, if he gets mad, right, he's, he's literally the last guy in the league I'd want to have mad at. Yeah. Like, even take Tom, Tom Wilson or whoever, you know, Ryan Reeves, I don't care. Jordan Stahl is like Groot. Yeah. I mean, literally like Groot. I'm glad um, you mentioned Trocek, too, because... You know, Adam brought his name up, and I, I would I would agree with Adam in terms of you know what he is. But I feel like I've got a better feel for Trocheck's focus and work ethic, and you know, commitment to the system than Orion Dezingle does. Right. So, like, well, yeah. I have. I mean, I mean, but it's it's fairly. I mean, I know that's obvious, but like, it's it's like that's a guy I can I can trust though, even if he is ultimately a third line center or he's not a, a second line center. Like I'll take those guys on my team all the time. By the way, I'm, I'm just, I hope like, I don't want to say I don't want Ryan Dezingle to have been listening to this podcast, but if Ryan Dezingle has been listening to this podcast, we're never talking to Ryan Dezingle again. So uh, I guess we just total, total slander. Let me get a couple of quick things in here before I ask questions. Corey Lavalette and Alec Campbell, uh, there are two que- two contracts. We talked about contract extensions. Andrei Svechnikov and Dougie Hamilton are each entering the final year of their contracts. Svechnikov is playing on his rookie deal. Uh, Hamilton's playing on the last year of a deal that's paying him $5.75 million this year. Uh, what do you think is... What do you think they're in line for, Corey? Well, it sounds like the Svechnikov thing is going to be... Uh... A uh, a bridge deal and not a not an eight year deal. A I Braden mean, Point type deal. Yeah. Um, so I think you know he's not going to get what Tara Vining got coming out of his ELC, which was a, a bargain, and then he got an even you know they got an even bigger steal on him with a longer term deal. Yeah. But I mean, if if he were to sign in that Patrick Line range, that makes sense. You know, five or six million for a couple years, uh, and then you see where you're at after that, and. Uh, chances are then you're going to be paying him, you know, $12 million or whatever. Well, that's the number that the player should should go, should go be looking for. I right. know the team is looking for eight times eight. Yeah. Which they're never going to get. Well, I mean, that makes a little bit of sense if you did it right now because you're buying up a whole, bu- a whole bunch of years of RFA years where right, you but are I wouldn't like, do that if I was Andre is what I'm saying. No, no, no that, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it, that's a, that's a smart move. And it's similar to what Aho did, you know, Aho said, well, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not going to give you a bunch of years at, um, 
at a, a discounted rate just because, you know, you think that's the best deal for you. Um, and then that's how we ended up where we where we are, where he's going to be walked right up to free agency now, and he's going to get a second big payday. Could have gotten um, him for eight times six and a half. Yeah, but eight I, times six and a half was there, right? But that at that point, your coach didn't wasn't even sure if he was a, a center. Didn't matter. So, so <laughs> he was like, going to score thirty goals playing the left side if he wasn't right. playing a center. Eight times six and a half. Uh, Tom tried to get him on the cheap, cheap, and ended up. Just yeah. getting five years out of it. Yeah, I that mean, was a mistake. Right, I mean, mistakes happen. Um, but I think that you'll get that bridge deal with Svech, and then um, Doug. You'll be interesting. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we get enough of a feel for Dougie as a person to know whether or not how important it is for him to be as accepted as he's been here. Right. Um, I mean. We roll into, uh, you know, into a Boston game or, uh, you know, and, and listen to that broadcast or you go into a, a Calgary game and you listen to that broadcast. And, you know, I think if Dougie were to leave here tomorrow, especially if he's wearing a Whalers uniform. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Right. I, Bless I mean, I think Jack he, Edwards heart. If he were to leave here tomorrow, I don't think people would would say bad things about him. I think no. he's been accepted here for who he is. Now, you know, is he a, a different dude? Yeah, sure. I mean, but who cares? You know, like, right. who cares? And I mean, uh, from everything I know, like I know people who see him out and about and he couldn't be nicer to them. So, I mean, it's like, you know, and, and there's two new dinosaurs coming to the museum. So um, <laughs> maybe you roll that into the, no, I'm sorry. One of them was on um, a golf course in Florida, wasn't there? What's that? Did you see that uh, giant alligator on a golf course in Florida right after uh, Hurricane Ada came, oh, yeah. uh, came through? That looked like yeah. a dinosaur to me. It didn't look, look, yeah. didn't look like an alligator. I'm with you about Dougie, by the way. Yeah, so, um, I mean, you look, you look at Petrangelo's deal, and, I mean, is eight part <laughs> too much? I mean, is he worth what Petrangelo's worth? Is, does, does he reach that level? Now, he's a few years younger, obviously. Um, but that's, the I don't, question. you think, you think Tom Dundon is giving him, what'd you say? Eight point something. Well, I mean, Petrangelo is making 8.8. Uh, I don't think it's anywhere close to that. I don't think Tom Dundon will go to anything close to that. Maybe not. But I mean, if you gave him 7 million a year, is that fair? I think it's you know, fair. Uh, I think that's probably, uh, that's probably in the high end of where Tom wants to be. It's my guess. Like, I yeah. don't think that they're, they don't want to give him, uh, essentially that much more than what Justin Falk just signed for. Yeah. Well, who's the better player though? I'm I not, mean, I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying, I know, yeah. I, I think I know where their head is at with Dougie. I think they're hoping that, I mean, if you want to call it a hometown discount, even though this ain't his hometown. I think, uh, and I don't, again, what you, the point you made about Dougie, we don't know where his head's at in terms of what he would accept because this is probably the best he's ever felt in terms of acceptance, not just by teammates, but by fans uh, in his NHL career. And there's a price that, I mean, that's worth something. So I don't know if you, you can roll that intangible in, uh, but I'll bet you the team is hoping at, no more than five times seven. I don't yeah, know. I, mean, I don't know where they go if it's more than that. 
I think they right. let him walk per, per, personally. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think, you know, it's not like they're uh, in trouble with defensemen. You know, I mean, Dougie's obviously a, uh, I don't want to say a generational player, but he's a, an all-star level Difference player. maker. Yeah, no, he is. But so is Jacob Slavin. And, you know, Brett Pesci has proven he's a top-pairing defenseman. And Hayden Fleury looks like maybe there's, maybe it's there. Maybe we just needed to, maybe he needed to play. You think ta- um, you think Hayden can play in your top four on a regular basis? I do. Maybe I mean, not this year, but I think he can. I think that there were times there were. I mean, I think he was one of their top. Heck, I think he was one of their top two defensemen in the playoffs. He was great, but so, I mean, you got to you got to be able to keep it together and string it together, right? Um, and then we, you know, this doesn't even get into the expansion draft where you're going to lose someone. So I'm going to hate to see Jake Gardner go. Yeah. <laughs> That, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> not without a big. Uh, oh no, it's going to happen. Not without a big draft pick tied around his neck. You're three A. They're going to throw uh, a second round pick at Seattle. Ooh, I don't even know if that would do it. I don't know. Um, they, they, there's a salary floor they have to get to. Yeah, but I so don't know. they got to fill out the roster somehow. There's a salary floor. Yeah, I. Jake can play nine minutes a game and uh, quarterback your third power play. Sit in the press Jake's box. Fine. Jake's fine. Third power play. <laughs> That's right. See, I see what I did there. <laughs> they put their they put themselves in the same situation they didn't want to be in with with Calvin DeHaan, where where all of a sudden you're paying a guy to play top four minutes and he's a third pairing guy, and that doesn't mean Calvin DeHaan's a bad player, and it doesn't mean Jake Gardner's a bad player. It just means you've kind of blown up the Jim Rutherford slotting method. That, I had a, uh, I had a source. I had a source in the Hurricanes front office that told me uh, that the, uh, the debate about Jake Gardner was mixed, uh, but that ultimately he thought, yeah, I'm sure he can still skate. And then we found out for at least much of the season, it looked like he was getting a little bit better at the end um, before the pause. Um, it, but he just couldn't skate and Jake's got to be able to skate, uh, to play. Let me ask a couple of, I have, I, I put out. Dude the, was falling over. He literally couldn't skate. <laughs> That's a and problem. Then, and then, like it wasn't even about speed. It was about like staying upright. <laughs> and then Brady Shea's the exact opposite. You watch Brady Shea for a period and you're like, oh my God, this guy's going to be all world. Yeah. And then you look at the numbers at the end of the night and you look at the, the, some of its parts and you're just like man it's all there when is it going to come together it's almost like if you could take them to smush them together you could let dougie hamilton walk (laughs) look shea has a chance uh and i'm i'm interested to see shea playing in this system really am i think uh i think shea has a chance uh he created a, a ton of chances last year that he just didn't finish uh, he has to stop giving the puck away. He has a yes. Daniel Jones quality about him. We have to get rid of. Uh, but if he can do that, uh, then we can uh, then we can be fine. All right, I threw out some uh, uh, kind of a blanket thing on Twitter, and I just asked, "Hey, any questions? Corey, Alec, and I will address them." So uh, we'll do this from Iron Caniac on Twitter. Any news on the David Ayers documentary? That is such an automatic. Uh, it's a made-for-television tearjerker. Uh, but do you have any news on the uh, David Ayers doc, Corey? Uh, 
I have nothing. You? Nothing? Who's going to play me is all I want, <laughs> is all I care about. <laughs> let's see. Who would, uh, let's see. Who would play Corey? Alec, you got an idea oh. who would play Corey? Um, I have, to think, I have to think about that, actually. Like, if Philip uh, Seymour Hoffman was alive, it would be him. Yeah, I mean, it'd probably be good to just prop, him, prop me up in the corner dead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> prop Seymour, Philip Seymour Hoffman up in the corner, and that's me. Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't I can't know. come up. Wilford Brimley is no longer alive. Yeah. Jesus. He died. Not that old. Come on. He died. I was thinking of a young Wilford Brimley. I wasn't yeah. thinking about Quaker Oats, Wilford Brimley. My, my friends tell me have told me I look like the guy that's like the, the cast out from Bare Naked Ladies. Drew Carey will play uh, Corey Lavalette. I can spin a wheel. There you so go. Let's do it. There you go. Uh, all right, let's uh, we move on. So none, none of us have any news in the David Ayers doc. Oh, it's no, t- t- no. Sorry sorry to disappoint you, Iron I'm Caney. I'm sure it'll be on Disney Plus or something. Like this. From, yeah. uh, from Rod, uh, Rob, not Rod, Rob Treadway. Uh, goaltending mix. Pers- I purposely didn't get into goaltending because I wanted to wait for the question. Goaltending mix, uh, is it going to stay the same? Uh, does Ned... Finally, get his chance. Oh, I mean, my question is like, is the plan to like? I I, I kind of want to see Ned get his chance, but I also think that the best goaltending tandem that they have are the two guys that they had last year. Unless the plan is to try to go out and find you know, someone else from some other team. So like I can't, because both those guys are under contract for another year. Right. And yes. Ned's now on a one way deal. Right. Correct. Like Ned's going to get so, paid 750 so, wherever he plays. So one of those guys ain't going to be here. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, so, th- th- if this is a year to carry three goalies, I mean, you're going to have, co- you're gonna have they, COVID issues. Look, I can make an argument that they should go out and re-sign Sammy Votnin right now. They should give him a million dollars to be their eighth defenseman. I mean, what are the options? Like, like in terms of, I mean, is is trading one of them away on the table or trading for another goaltender on the table for them? I, I just think that time's come and gone. With that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. who's available now? I mean, a bunch of guys have been signed already. Um, so for me, it's like if you want the most proven tandem that gives you the best chance to win. I mean, we don't really know about Ned that much yet, but it's, it's Reimer and Morozik again, is it not? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was unfit. Like people got mad last year that Ned ne- never really got a shot, but as soon as he could go through waivers without having to clear, you know, without having to clear right. it, that made it clear who was going to be the odd man out. I mean, it was, it was obvious from, from jump street and, um, does he have to pass through waivers this year? He does. So it's make or break time with him. It's, but at the same time, who's, who's taking him, who has the cap space to roll the dice. I mean, maybe somebody like Buffalo would, I mean, their goaltending situation's a mess, but it's not like you're putting an established guy through waivers. Now here comes only, your he only arc. makes seven, seven fifty. Right. But I mean, the cap is such a mess right now. You know, and it's not like you're getting a guy that is, you know, an established guy. Now, flip side of that, what if you put James Reimer through waivers? What if you put, 
Peter Morozik through waivers. Now, I'm not suggesting that's what's going to happen, but if you do that, does a team take a stab at one of them to try to shore up their goaltending situation? Uh, in which case, you know, now you're glad you have <laughs> you have three goalies under contract. Right. They had, I mean, they had three goalies on one year on one way deals last year too. I mean, Anton right. Forsberg, Forsberg was, was on, on a one way deal because yep. of the whole RFA mess that happened, uh, arbitration mess. Um, so you can bury Ned. I mean, you could just bury him and then pay him. It's not like it's going to hurt your cap if he if he, if he clears waivers. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I hope he didn't buy a place in Charlotte. Because <laughs> uh, he, he won't be living there anymore. No, he no, will not. In Chicago. The Chicago um, Wolves are stacked. Yeah, that's all I can think about is these poor AHL guys who now have to find a way to pay rent in, <laughs> in Chicago instead of instead oh, of somewhere else. That's right. They're all going to be rooming together. No, you could be in Scranton instead. <laughs> That's uh, true. Yeah. Scranton's lovely. Uh, it is uh, absolutely lovely. Uh, my my own feeling on the goaltending is, uh, Alec, you're right. Morazic and Reimer is the best uh, tandem, best two of those three. Um, but I know their plan last year was even, you know, the, initially their plan was to bring back Morazic and McElhaney and also work Nadelkovich into the mix, and that plan didn't change when Reimer uh, ultimately subbed for McElhinney. That that plan was that was their plan because they also remember Morazic didn't get hurt last year, and he got hurt twice the year before. McElhinney was was injured also. They didn't they didn't get hurt until they both got hurt at the same time, and then suddenly the goaltending was Forsberg and Nadelkovich, uh, which didn't look good, by the way. Uh, when that was the goaltending tandem. Forsberg was the better goalie, wasn't he? It was t- debatable. I don't think that I don't think there was a better goalie. I think there was a less worse goalie. Although Ned <laughs> did get the win. Uh one their their one win in that, I believe, was Ned. Um but neither played great. Uh, someone should I, make a movie out of this. Oh, the goaltending <laughs> the the goaltending saga. The goaltender wars. It's that sounds more like a show for TLC. Um, but there was a time in this offseason I thought they were going to go after uh, Darcy Kemper, uh, make a trade that Arizona was looking to trim some salary. Uh, they were going to go with Antti Ranta as their goalie, uh, and that all they really needed was a credible backup. Uh, but uh, Carolina was going to try and pawn off some other salary on Arizona, and I don't think Arizona wanted to do that. Uh, Reimer doesn't. Reimer's salary cap number is bigger, but I don't think there's a lot of money owed to him on right. uh, on his current contract. So they, you know, he's more attractive as a trade piece uh, in that regard. Final question, uh, and this is a this is a great way to end uh, to end from the Goose Co. I don't know what Co means. The Goose Company, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, why do we have a trash owner? Cheap that didn't bring back the best broadcaster in the sport. And why is our head coach the lowest paid in the league? By the way, I hold grudges. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Do we want to answer this? I mean, the answer that I have is I don't know. 
I don't know the reasons behind both of those things because it seems to me, at least in the case of John Forslund, that I mean, you have a guy who is, in my very biased opinion, the best voice in the game right now, and you have him in your home market. Like, guys that do national broadcasts have home teams a lot of times as well. And he's been with the team forever, and he has a tremendous relationship with the fan base, and he's been a great ambassador for the team. And you can, I guess, in some roundabout way, showcase that when he does do NBC games. I mean, there's really no downside to it. And he's a tremendous human being, so I I have no I have no good answer for that. In terms of Rod Brindamore, I don't have a good answer for that either. Um, other than you know, maybe you could make the case that because Brindamore was sort of an unproven coach that he had never been a head coach before, that you could get away with you know not paying him a ton of money, but. Probably at this point, he's proven himself. I think so. Corey, you want to take a stab at those uh, at that? Ugh. All right. No <laughs> matter. Anyway, I think Corey needs another uh, whiskey yeah. tango foxtrot. Yeah, it's empty. I'm gonna have to do the crush on the forehead. Um, to me, I mean, I think it's the same answer. I think Tom Dundon doesn't have a problem spending money. He has a problem. Spend what he wants is he wants people who want to do the job more than they care about the money. I think is what, and I'm not saying John Forslund cares more about the money. That see, I knew this wasn't going to come out right. Um, <laughs> he, and Forslund is listening, by the way, just so you know. Sure, yeah, well, Tread that lightly. I already got in my mentions once about, and I think it was actually replying to this same, uh, this same Twitter account so now i'm like is this john's burner account Um, (laughs) so i think what you have is you have a situation where tom looks for above everything else above the emotional side of it he says what is the value of this to the franchise and john has an immense value to the franchise for all the people that love the hurricanes Really? They lo- they love the Hurricanes. They love John, and I love John. I mean, John and I are from the same area. John and I, you know, I I was going to Springfield Indians games when John was was there. Wow! Um, look at this. Yeah, I mean, I, I I actually got to mention a Native American sporting team. Um, look at that. <laughs> so I mean, John those don't Spring- exist anymore. It's now the uh, it's now the hockey team in Springfield. Well, yeah, it was the uh, Falcons, and now they're the Thunderbirds, and but. Um, the, the the issue is, I think, is that Tom then says, and I think this is the same thing that happened with Chuck Caton. Okay, but where but where is my value on this? What is where is the new money that comes with keeping John Forsland as opposed to promoting another person who is frankly nearly as beloved and and as good with the fans in Mike Beniscalco, mm-hmm. who I think we all adore Mike too. Um, and it's stinks. It makes a lot less money. And it stinks to have to pit them against each other. And this goes back to, to, to Rod Brindamore. Like, Rod wanted this. Yeah. Right. So, you know, Rod comes into the negotiation and says, 
Tom, there's nothing I want more than this. And Tom says, Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> right. then I'm going to slide this paper across. And if you want it, show me you want it. Now, that's going to get rectified sometime this year. Yes. You know, this in, in the next 12 months. Yep. Um, Rod's going to get paid. Now, he might not get paid what Mike Babcock got paid in Toronto, but he's going to get paid. And he's shown that he has that value over just wanting the job. Now, again, this is all coming out horrible because it makes it sound like I don't feel like John has that value. And I think he does. But I think what Tom probably said was, John, we know you're the best. We can't pay you like the best. Go out and get paid like the best. Um, and that's how it ended. And it's sad and it hurts and it sucks. And John is amazing. And it, it, I, it sucks for everyone involved. But, you know, I to call Tom a cheap owner, I uh, think. Yeah, it, look, I disagree with the notion that he's a cheap owner. Uh, Tom Dundon will not, he does not hesitate to spend money on the hockey team. Does not. They did a lot of really good things, uh, to, uh, like the guts of PNC arena, a lot of good things for the players. He will spend money for the players. There is no question about it. Corey, you got it right. Um, Tom Dundon does not see value in what John does. I think he could not be more incorrect about right. that because there is and, – and I, I get back to this. Alec, you've heard me talk about it this way before because I, I did it for like two years. Um, when Tom Dundon became the owner, all he talked about was fan service. We got to make, make the fans happy. We got to make the fans uh, remember that they came here. We got to make the experience great, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. What percentage of your fans, A – Come to more than two games. Um, B, uh, follow your team on the road. John is the connection to essentially all of your fans. And whether you do so intentionally or not, you have told the fans that they don't really matter except the mo- what money do you spend with us? That's what he's told the fans. And I've actually told this to Tom, so I don't even, and, and Dundon may be listening to this too, um, and I think Tom has done a lot of great things for the franchise. This was a monumental failure. Uh, and it has nothing to do with whether or not I like Mike, because I do. Uh, I, whether I think Mike will do a good job, he has already, and he will. Um, but there is a value in having the best broadcaster uh, in the sport do your games 75 times a year. One who was willing to repay the team for the games he missed so you could pay a replacement to do those games. And um, and every single time John was on national television, the people who follow the sport intently, and I know plenty of them who don't live here, that know John as, oh, he's the Hurricanes broadcaster, uh, right? Re- recognize that, man, the Hurricanes got the best in the business working for them. And um, whether, I mean, not never forgiving is silly. I'm, that's, I'm, I'm a professional. Um, but it's a huge mistake. Um, and I hope John gets the NBC gig. I really do. I hope he gets it. It would be great for hockey. I mean, right, it would the be. Hurricanes loss 
would be great for hockey. And I, you know, I've said a lot of times, this isn't a knock on a guy who's walking out the door, but I've never been a huge Doc Emmerich fan anyway. Oh, really? Um, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine, but he's never been my favorite. I can't believe, Alec, did you see, um, Corey just said that Doc Emmerich sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Duh, Corey. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a mean person. I'm getting the guy yeah, out of the way. I get that. I think John would be just spectacular in that role. Um, it's too bad it didn't it's not going to happen more naturally. And John gets to say goodbye the way he should have been able to say goodbye. Yeah. It it got messy. um, Yeah. And I, that's, that is a theme of the Tom Dundon era. I mean, uh, well, the, the, you know, you, you mentioned Chuck and we, I I would, I do want to wrap it up because it's getting late and it's, uh, it's cold on the uh, screen and porch. Um, The cicadas are even frozen. Um, The Chuck Caton thing, the team lost money on radio, so I got it. It cost them more money to produce a radio broadcast than it, uh, than it, than they were bringing in. So, economically speaking, I get it. Didn't like that decision either, but I get it. Team doesn't lose money on the TV broadcast. I mean, maybe they don't make as much as they would have, uh, but it's not like John's making four million a year. Uh, John isn't the highest paid local guy in the sport. Um, frankly, I don't know who is, but I know it's not John. Uh, he's near the top, but he was also not asking for more money. He would have accepted a little bit less, uh, especially since we know what we're dealing with here, because um, he also knows that he's going to get more opportunity at NBC. Um, but it didn't have to be this way. John, uh-huh. John could have come back. They could have agreed, but ultimately, uh, I'll, I'll use a... a a twist of a phrase. Tom Dundon made John Forslund an offer he couldn't accept. Just right. like he did with Chuck. Because right. this is what Tom wanted. Tom wanted, he wanted to go cheap for this. And that uh, that that came out bad. Sorry, Mike. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's what he wanted. He wanted to spend as little money as possible on something that he places no value in. That's where we are. Well, I mean, the word that jumps out to me whenever we talk about this kind of stuff, whether it's, you know, John or or Chuck or anything, is nostalgia. And I just don't think Tom has any time for nostalgia. He's a big Whalers fan, though. Unless unless there are dollar signs hanging off of it. (laughs) And I'm not, you know, it's it's absurd to suggest that Tom is doing this to make money because this, you know, he could he could use his money in a lot of other ways other than a hockey team to make make more money. So, you know, let's not act like he's doing this as some grand scheme to put to line his pockets. However, we know how he made his money and we know he's, (laughs) he's not going. You went there. (laughs) No, I I mean, I mean, let's be honest. He, He made his money. With, it wasn't like he came up with a product like an iPhone and sold it. He made his money by knowing the numbers. And that's what he does. And so diplomatic. Alec, can you be that diplomatic? No, absolutely not. I would Gosh. have completely <laughs> I would have completely blown whatever trust and faith in him I ever <laughs> I've ever garnered. Uh, I'm just gonna let it hang out there. Yeah, so I mean, no. we, know, we know Tom's not one for nostalgia. No, he, he looks he looks at everything on the on a ledger, yeah. right? 
and that's the way and that's the way he makes his decisions and that's just that's just the nature of how he does business he hasn't lived here he hasn't been around you know for this team he hasn't listened to john forslin regularly you know so he has no emotional tie to any of these things so it's simply what's the return on my investment all right shouts to uh deep river Right, you, 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 that that beer's got to be done. Is that a second oh, one? Yeah. Uh, no, is, no, it's gone. You're a, are you are you a one beer a night guy? No, but I'm I'm an upstairs guy when the beer fridge is in the garage outside. So. Ah, gotcha. Uh, shouts to what was that wine again, Alec? Liberté, Liberté. That's what all Americans need right now. <laughs> you're not our sommelier, but you're our sommelier. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks to Corey Lavalette and Alec Campbell. Uh, I appreciate your time both. Uh, let's do it again. We set a record. I've never gone this long in a podcast. Uh, you guys are good for my stamina. <laughs> well, glad to be of service. Thank you so yeah. much. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to let that one hang in the air. Yeah. Uh, we'll do it again. Thank you, fellas. Well, that was fun. Uh, thanks to Corey Lavalette and Alec Campbell for, uh, spending Way too much time. Uh, This has been the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. I hope you liked it. Uh, We'll come back in a couple of weeks with another one. Don't know uh, when exactly. Don't know who exactly. Uh, But I'll do it. So uh, maybe it won't just be me. We'll have somebody else with us. Um, But uh, thank you very much. And uh, you don't have to wonder when the next one's coming if you simply subscribe to it. Because it will show up in your feed wherever you get your podcast, uh, whether it's uh, Apple or any other way to get your podcast. I don't really know the other ways. Uh, so thank you very much for your time. And uh, we'll see you down the road on the Canes Corner Podcast. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsband.com, the WRAL Sportsband app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast.